0: So I want to get into our message today. I want to encourage you, if you want to follow along in the sermon notes that were handed out to you, I just believe you get so much more out of the message when you follow along in the sermon notes here. And uh, I want to get right into it. I'm just excited about this. Somebody said last week I was just a little bit passionate and I'm, ex- I'm excited about this topic, the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, I want you to know, uh, starting well, in, a, in a few weeks here after this, we're going to start a new sermon series called We Are, and we're going to be talking about who we are as a church, Thrive Church, our mission, our vision, and our values, and we're going to be hitting on that topic here. So if you're, you're kind of new, or you're online, and you're just kind of wondering about what, what Thrive Church is all about, I want to encourage you to pay attention here in the next few weeks, and you're going to hear about that. But today the title of the message is, and Mark just got us started on today's message is go. Can, can all of us just, just look at each other and just say, it's time to go. It's time. Go. It's, it's time. No, it's not time to leave the building. No, it is, it is time to go. And, and again, in the past few weeks, we have been answering the question, what is the good news? What is the the gospel of Jesus Christ. Understand this, that this is so important because it is the foundation of our faith. And, and here's the deal, if we cannot explain the gospel to people when they ask us about it, well then that, that's, that's kind of a serious situation. That's why I thought we need to spend time and go at this piece at a time to understand what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's what I have discovered. I discovered that if you don't know what you believe, you'll believe anything. If you don't know what you believe, you'll believe anything. And, and if, you, if you are out there today and you're watching online and you want to understand what Christianity is all about, look at the gospel of jesus christ the good news and there's one scripture that best encompasses the good news and it's john 3 16 many of you have heard it before you memorize it as a child and let, let's read it together for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him they would not perish but have eternal life and so from this passage We see that the gospel message can be summed up into four simple parts. Number one, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves the world. God wants his greatest desire is to have a relationship with you. But, everybody say but, there's a problem. There's a problem that arose with our great-great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, and that that issue is called sin. And when there's sin in our lives, it separates us from God. But, everybody say but. But God sent a remedy. God sent a solution. This is the greatest vaccine that you can ever put into your life. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die upon a cross to be the atonement for your sin. So that your sins can be covered and that relationship with God can be restored. Can we give God thanks and praise for that gift of His Son? Can we give Him praise for that? (laughs) However, everybody say however. However. It's your decision. It's your decision. You're not born, listen to me, you're not born into your faith. Well, I grew up in a Christian home, so I suppose that makes me a Christian. That's, that's not how it works. It's a decision that we must each and every one of us make., every one of us will, one day we will stand before, our, we stand before God, and we will give an account of what did we do with the good news of Jesus? And your decision, the decision that you make here on Earth matters. I, I ran across this video, and I just have to show it. Hey, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if we all understood? This simple message of the gospel, and we were able to communicate. I love that this is a little bit lengthy video, but I want you to watch how this man communicates the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and show that video, guys.
1: It's the full story of life crushed into four minutes the entirety of humanity in the palm of your hand, crushed into one sentence. Listen, it's intense, right? God, our sins, paying everyone life. The greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told, God. Yes? God, the maker and giver of life, and by life I mean any and all manner and substance, seen and unseen, what can and can't be touched, thoughts, image, emotions, love, atoms, and oceans, God of it is handiwork one of which is masterpiece made so uniquely that angels look curiously the one thing in creation that was made with his imagery the concept so cold it's the reason I stay bold how God breathed in a man and he became a living soul formed with the intent of being infinitely intimately fond creator and creation held an eternal bond And it was placed in perfect paradise till something went wrong A species got deceived and started lusting for his job And odd list of complaints as if the system ain't working And used that same breath he graciously gave us to curse him And that sin seed spread through our soul's genome And by nature of your nature, your species, you participated in the mutiny hour Yes? Our sins its nature inherited black in the human heart it was over before it started deceived from day one and led away by our own lust. there's not a religion in the world that doesn't agree that something's wrong with us the question is what is it and how do we fix it Are we eternally separated from a God that may or may not have existed? But that's another subject. Let's keep grinding besides trying to prove God is like defending a lion, homie. It'll need your help. Just unlock the cage. Let's move on on how our debt can be paid. Short and sweet, the problem is sin. Yes, sin. It's a cancer, an asthma. Choking out our life force, forcing separation from a perfect and holy God And the only way to get back is to get back to perfection But silly us, trying to pass the course of life without referring to a syllabus This is us, keep up your good deeds Chant, pray, meditate, but all of that of course is spraying cologne on a corpse Or you could choose to ignore it as if something don't stink It's like stepping in dog poop and refusing to wipe your shoe But all of that ends with how good is good enough Take your silly list of good deeds and line them up against perfection good luck That's life past your pay grade The cost of your soul, you ain't got a big enough piggy bank But you could give it a shot But I suggest you throw away the list cause even your good acts are an extension of your selfishness. But here's where it gets interesting. I hope you're closely listening. Please don't get it twisted. It's what makes our faith unique. Here's what God says is part A of the gospel. You can't fix yourself. Quit trying, it's impossible. Sin brings death. Give God his breath back, you owe him. Eternally separated, and the only way to fix it is someone die in your place, and that someone gotta be perfect, or the payment ain't permanent. So if and when you find a perfect person, get him or her to willingly trade their perfection for your sin and death in. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness, his death functions as payment yes payment wrote a check with his life but at the resurrection we all cheered because that means the check cleared pierced feet pierced hands blood son of man fullness forgiveness free passage into the promised land that same breath that god breathed into us god gave up to redeem us in anyone and everyone and by everyone I mean everyone who puts their faith and trust in him and him alone can stand in full confidence of God's forgiveness and here's what the promise is that you are guaranteed full access to return to perfect unity by simply believing in Christ and Christ alone you are receiving life yes This is the gospel. God, our sins, paying everyone life. Amen,
0: amen. Picking up from last week's message, talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know that after Jesus rose from the grave, that he spent over 40 days with his disciples. And during that time, what he's doing is he's prepping them. He's prepping His disciples for an assignment. You see, for over three years, these disciples had been discipled. They had been followers of Jesus, and Jesus had poured into them. And they watched, and they learned, and they grew from Him. And now what Jesus is doing is He's handing the baton off to them. His mission that He had on here on earth, He handed the baton off to them. And I want you to know this morning, when He handed the baton off to the disciples, He handed it off to you. Will you please put your hand out this morning? He handed the baton to you. And this is what he said. He said this to his disciples. He says, Jesus told them, I want you to go. Everybody say go. Go is one of those action words. It's not a sit down and wait for it to happen. I want you to go into all of your world, and I want you to share. I want you to communicate. I want you to live out the good news of Jesus Christ to every one of you. How many of you are here today because of somebody in your world, they took ownership of the goal, and they communicated this message of Jesus Christ to you, and it changed your life? Raise your hand. You're here today, and you're changed eternally because somebody reached out to you, because somebody went, and somebody shared this good news. They shared with you that message, some way, shape, or form, and you received it, and it changed your life. And before someone would go, before someone will go, they have to sincerely owned the mission. And there's no one that I see in the Bible that really, really owned his mission. Unlike, it, was, it was like the Apostle Paul. Truly owned this mission. Uh, ironically, the writer uh, of about one-third of the New Testament was at one time a lot like people are today. A lot of people today, they despise the message of the good news. How many of you have noticed there just seems to be a ramping up of a disdain for the message of Jesus Christ. It just seems to be happening. Well, Paul, back in his day, was a leader in this. But one day he had an encounter, and he received the good news, the message of Jesus Christ by Christ himself, and his life was changed. And as he accepted this, that moment of decision, he took ownership. Everybody say ownership. He took ownership of this mission to share the good news to the world. Listen to how he expressed. Listen to how he expressed this ownership. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 19, he says, Even though I am a free man and I have no master, I have become, I have chosen, I've willingly chosen to become a slave to all people. Why? To bring many to Christ. You see, Paul makes a comparison. makes a comparison of a free man and a slave. A free man lives for himself. He does whatever he wants, and he does it for his own benefit. You know, obviously, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But Paul said, I willingly chose to become a slave. Now, a slave is somebody who is under somebody's authority, and that slave becomes their mission is to come to serve their master, and Paul says even though I was a free man I willingly chose to own this mission to become a slave to Christ and why did I do it I did this so that many would come to Christ that is mission ownership listen to this verse here in verse 23 he says this I do everything everybody say everything I do everything That's like whatever it takes. I've heard a pastor say, I'll do anything short of breaking the law to bring people to Jesus. I do everything to spread the good news and share in His blessings. Thrive Church, understand that we take this mission seriously. We have chosen as a church to take ownership of this mission. In fact, we're going to talk about this here in the next few weeks, and maybe you have seen me put this up here before, but this is our mission statement. Our mission statement is to lead people in the 715 area code to become life giving followers of Jesus. That's our mission. Understand, we are taking ownership of this mission because He gave us the mission to go. That's our mission. Our mission is not to, to, to be a country club for, for, for church people who like to attend church. Our mission is to go into all our world. It reminds me of a story of how the Coast Guard got started. In the mid-1800s, communities along the East Coast were growing weary of, of losing loved ones and the many shipwrecks that would happen because of the many storms and and, and how they, when the ships would begin to come in, a storm would rise up and push them into the rocks. And many sailors and many, many people were lost, loved ones, because of this. And they just grew tired of this. And so what many communities, they began to do is they began to create small shore-based life-saving stations. And they strategically located them in certain areas where they knew there would be shipwrecks. And so volunteers... Yes, is there anybody who is a, a volunteer who serves at this church? Anybody who just serve on it? There's a couple people raise their hand. Volunteers. People were not getting paid for it, but they would designate their time to go on a life saving mission. And they would go to these life saving stations and, and they, would, they would man these small boats and they would wait, especially when a storm was coming up. And when a storm was coming up and this, somehow this signal was caused that, that there was a shipwreck, what they would do is they would risk their lives and they'd take these small boats out into the storm. You see, they were on a mission. And They understood, listen to me, they understood the lives were on the line. And that they went out into the storm, they could make a difference in the lives of some. You know why they went? Because they had the ability to go. And when they go, they knew they were making a difference. And because of this, because of this, this, this community that started this, it began to spread, and, and all around, up and down the East Coast, um, communities began to raise up these life-saving stations into strategic places. And because of this, many lives were saved because of these life-giving stations. And they, and they had a model that they raised up. Their, their model was, you have to go out, But you don't have to come back. You have to go. But you don't have to come back. And thus from that, I don't know if you realize it, thus came the United States Coast Guard was started. Let me ask you this, what would it look like? What would it look like if we as a church, as Thrive Church, and we looked at the 715 area code and we said, listen. We are strategically located here. Just like Mark said, we're strategically located here in the Wausau area. And what if we all said we're on a mission? What if we had mission ownership? And we all decided, we said, listen, lives are on the line. Lives are on the line here. That if we go, if we go, we can make a difference. And we have the ability to go. So we have the ability to go, but what does that look like? That that's, sometimes that's where a lot of churches get stuck. What does that look like? And the, so this morning, can I, I can I just give you three easy steps that anyone can take to start their go? Can I do that? Three easy steps. Three easy steps. The first step that I would tell you to take if you're if you're here to say and you're like, Pastor, I want to own this mission. I would tell you number one, go. To God. Go to God. In case you ever feel that prayer doesn't make a difference in the world, simply remind yourself of this passage here. You've heard it before many times, 2 Chronicles 7:14. The author says, Then if there's that if word again, if, I mean, you got you got a decision here, it might not happen, it could happen, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. If, if only. If only the, those who are called by his name, Christ followers. I'm a Christ follower. If, if you're a Christ follower today, would you raise your hand? If you're a Christ follower online, would you just comment to us? Say, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christ follower. So if, God's people, just if, if we would begin to humble ourselves you know what that means to humble ourselves it means to not depend on our own abilities, but completely depend on God. If we would just humble ourselves and we would hum, and we would depend on God and we would pray. In other words, if we would just ask God for His intervention, if we would seek His face to intervene, and if we would repent of our sins, then what would happen? What does the author tell us? Then God hears us. Isn't that awesome? Do you know that when you pray and you talk to God, you have the ear of God? That's pretty powerful. That's pretty significant. God hears you. Please hear me this morning. God hears you when you pray. And God will forgive you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. God's forgiveness and grace is for everyone. And he will restore our land. In other words, he will make a difference if his people will do this. So if we want to see people come to know Jesus, we need to pray. How many of you remember at the beginning of the year, and I've talked about it a couple times, that we had this challenge out for this year, 2021, the just one challenge? Just one challenge. Mark, this is the just one challenge is each and every person in this church is going to just begin to pray and minister to just one person. We're going to focus on leading just one person. And so throughout this sermon series, I have led you to, to know what to say to that person when, when, you're, when it comes time for you to share Jesus' love for them. Here's three ways for how you can pray. Three ways for how you can pray for that person. First of all, pray for opportunities, that God will bring opportunities for you to share God's love with them. Pray for the opportune time to share God's love. How many of you know there's sometimes it's not an opportune time? Okay, Maybe if you're at a concert with somebody, or maybe in the movie theater as the movie's going on, maybe that's not the most opportune time. But pray that God would, that person would come to you and say, hey, you know, you've been talking to me about this good news thing. Can you tell me about that? Pray for opportune time. I'm telling you, it begins to happen. Number two, pray for open hearts. That God would begin to prepare that person's heart to receive this message. How many of you know there's people sometimes their heart's not ready yet? It's just their heart is hardened, they're just not there yet. How many of you have been in that place where you were not ready to hear it? I just would, but God began to work in your heart. Pray that God would begin to work in that, in that person's life. And then I would pray that obstacles are muted. Let me tell you just a great story here. Years ago, when I was a youth pastor, I had just transitioned to another church. Uh, a friend of mine, an older gentleman, uh, reached out to me. A family member reached out to me, and, uh, and he was passing. He was in hospice, and I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it. And he requested that I come visit with him, so I traveled across the state to go visit with Earl. Earl was my friend. When I got to visit with Earl, he was in a, in a nursing home facility, and he, was, he lost the ability to talk. And I, and I only had just a short amount of time to visit with Earl, and I so much had talked to him about the gospel so many times, but his heart was not ready. God had given me many opportunities, but his heart was not ready to receive it. And I just knew I had just this one last opportunity. So I went to go visit Earl in his hospital room, and as I came in, one of his good friends, he had kind of a can I just say this? Kind of an obnoxious friend came in. Hey, Earl, how's it going? And He just started talking to Earl just like this, and Earl just was not able to talk or communicate, and he just his friend was just jibber, jabber, jibber, jabber, jabber, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta get going, and I want to talk to Earl, and this guy won't be quiet, and he's jabber, 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 and then all of a sudden, he just looked at me, oh, I suppose the pastor's here, and I, Earl, I suppose you want to spend some time with the pastor. You know what? I'm going to come back, and I'm going to go get a couple coffee and I'll be back. And I had been praying, God, do something, do something, do something. Yes. Yes. And I began to talk to Earl. Earl, you remember all those conversations that we had out on the golf course. He wasn't able to wasn't able to talk, but shook his head, yes. Looked at me in the eyes. Earl, remember all those times I talked to you about making peace with God? Yes. Earl, have you made your peace with God? No. Earl, would you like to make your peace with God right now? And he just began to cry. He shook his head, yes. Earl, you understand what's happening to you, don't you? Yes. You know that you're going to be entering into eternity. Yes. Would you like to pray and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior right now? Yes. Shook his head. Prayed with Earl. Held his hand and prayed with him. And I'm telling you, it was just... His face, I can see it today, his face just changed. The countenance of his face changed. Earl passed away just a few, few days later. But God showed up. God heard that prayer and God muted that obstacle that was going on. Can I warn you this morning? As you go into situations, as you go into your world, do not go in alone. This is what I mean by that. As a pastor... I have oftentimes forgotten, I, I, I confess to you sometimes, I just thought it's through my abilities and through my giftings and my abilities that I'm going to go out and I'm going to save some people. Wrong theology. That's a recipe for disaster. And God has brought this attention, this passage to my, my, my attention here, John fifteen five, where Jesus said, I am the vine, talking of himself, I am the vine, and you are the branches. I work through you. I work in you, and I work through you. And he says, those who remain in me, those who live in connection with me, and I am them, they will produce much fruit from apart from me. You can do nothing. I needed to be reminded of that. I cannot save anybody. I want you to know this morning, you cannot save anybody. You're only the messenger. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in and through your life if you're going to go and impact your world. So three easy steps. Number one, we're going to go to God. Number two, we're going to serve our world. We're going to go serve your world because nothing catches the world's attention like the demonstration of love through service just like the video that we've watched this morning of kindness impacting our world with kindness this captures people's attention they are looking to be loved and the Apostle Peter was one of the original messengers, and he knew a lot about going into the world with the good news. And he says this in 1 Peter 4.10, he says, God has given each and every one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Did you know that? Just, just put out, raise your hand, say, I got a gift. I, got a, I don't know if you've noticed, but I got a gift. It's, it's, it's kind of a cool gift God gave me. And he says, use those gifts well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Here's the takeaway from this passage right here. You have been given a gift from God. And we'll talk about spiritual gifts sometime here, but you have been given the gift of leadership, some people the gift of teaching, hospitality, craftsmanship. I mean, there's a plethora of gifts. And God says that you have a gift, and number two, you need to discover your gift. Discover your your gift, we're going to talk about that here in the upcoming months, but you have a gift, discover your gift, and your gifts were never, listen to me if you get anything out of this, your gifts were never intended for your own benefit. The gifts that God has given to you are always to be a part of His mission for the benefit of others. And when you don't know what to do, and you're just stuck, find a place to serve. And when you begin to serve, you're going to begin to discover what those gifts are. And whenever you serve others with your gifts, listen, listen to me, do it with excellence. Everybody say excellence. Because when we serve with excellence, somebody said, I heard this before, when we serve with excellence, it honors God and it inspires people. How many of you have noticed? How many of you have been in a really crummy restaurant <laughs> and you have just like maybe they're having a bad day and you give them the benefit of the doubt and you come back a second time and like okay that bad day is only continuing and you're like i'm going to give them a third chance and you come back and it's like i don't think i'm going to come back here again is, is that wrong I mean, there's some people like, I'm not going to, maybe you got sick to your stomach. I don't know. I am not going back to that place just because I'm not sure they care about their mission. I'm not sure they care. And how many of you have been into a restaurant and you've been wowed? You have been, You're oh my word. The way these people, sir, I really believe that these people don't know me. I really feel that they care about me and the way that they have served me and they have given me their best you know what the excellence word how i define excellence excellence is when you give above and beyond how many of you have ever been in a restaurant and you've been a serve, you've been served above and beyond and it looked like they were having fun it looked like they were having fun because that's what that's what excellence is it's fun when you are giving on behalf of God above and beyond. Let's be a church. Listen to me. Let's be a church of excellence. Can we be that Thrive Church? We're going to be a church of excellence. Let me continue here. Three easy steps. First of all, we're going to go to God. Number two, we're going to go serve our world. And number three, we're going to go tell our world. Go tell our world. So Peter gives us some more advice from us about going into our world. And he says this in 1 Peter 3, 15, always be prepared. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Let's say, here's the takeaway. We need to be prepared. I, I, I hope that I have made the gospel as clear to you and as simple as I possibly can in these next few weeks. And as a matter of fact, what I have done is I have given you one more, one more shot out here at the bottom of your notes. The good news is and I've given you scripture passages for you to look up yourself. And I want you to do that. This is the good news. And you just need just memorize. This is the good news. This is the gospel. And what if, what if you were to take the gospel and you were to put your story in this? Put your story in this. I, I know all my life I've I've known that God loves me and He wanted to have a relationship with me, but there's just a time where I just, I just chose not to follow God anymore. I just rebelled and did my own thing. And I sensed this emptiness in my life and I knew something was missing. And then I heard about this Jesus guy and what he did for me on a cross and it just blew me away. I couldn't believe it. And I knew that it was in Jesus that I could find the peace and the hope that I was looking for. And one day, I chose to make that decision and here's how my life has changed ever since. What if? What if we knew what we believed, and we were able to put our story into it. With, we were prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you this, when you talk to people about the good news, can I just tell you this? When you tell people about the good news of Jesus, can we please, please, please take Peter's advice and do it with gentleness and respect? Because I wonder if the church has maybe lost some of those elements. You see, sometimes I get on social media too, and I'm just, oh, I cringe sometimes with with the lack of gentleness, the lack of love, the the lack of respect that sometimes people put out in the name of God. Ephesians 4.15, the Apostle Paul says this, he says, Instead, we will speak the truth, in love, speaking the truth in love. When you think back of that person who shared Jesus with you, that moment that you gave your life to them, weren't you caught by how they did it? I mean, I mean the way that they communicated it to you. Have you ever had somebody try to communicate to you and the message of God and all you heard was anger and meanness and condemnation i'm telling you that message never sells you know why because that's not the message of jesus christ i have a few loved ones who i love very very much and i would find myself in discussions and the more we discuss the more we begin to argue and the more we begin to argue the more angry i would get and i would say things that are like i really should not be saying this this is not helping the cause anybody been there i love these people in my life and i realized that my anger and my defensiveness and my desire to be right was getting in the way of their salvation and God began to convict me about playing the love card. That's the only card I have is the love card. And so I have chosen with these specific people in my life, I'm going to love them. What if we were, when we had the opportunity, we were to speak the truth of God with love? Oftentimes, the times to share God's love with people. As I was a corporate chaplain for a while, and I would speak to a lot of people in crisis, and I have learned a great, um, a, an opportune time to share God's love with people is when they are in crisis. And here's three questions. I have learned that, that the first thing that we, you, let, me, let me back up here. The first thing that you need to do when somebody comes to you when they're in their crisis, and I've talked about this a couple of times, is you need to listen. There is power in listening. Power in listening. And then when you have the opportunity, there's power in questions. I want to give you just three of the questions that I will use most often when people will come to me in crisis. Number one, quickly, I'm almost done here. When people have just shared with me their difficulties, their challenge, number one question I will then ask them is, can I pray with you about this? And you would be amazed. People who are far from God, people who have told me they don't even believe in God. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited about the food pantry team that we have here at the church. I don't know if you know this, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays and and, and even on Sunday afternoons, we, we serve our community. And we have trained each and every one of these pantry servants that every time we give them food, we will ask them the question before they leave, is there anything that we can pray with you about and it's amazing the discussions that come up. Number one, what can I pray with you about anything? Number two, after I pray with him, I ask the question, have you or are you at peace with God? Can I just ask, are, are you at peace with God? I, I, and and I, I, everybody knows what that means. Everybody knows what that means. And, and, and so a lot of times people will say, yeah, 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 I'm at peace with God. Well, then I'll ask them this question. Tell me what that means to you. And, and I'll just listen, listen to what they say. And then I will ask the third question is, can I tell you what that means to me? Can I tell you about how I made my peace with God? I, I, I just encourage you to use these questions i encourage you listen when people are in crisis number two ask questions ask it with a heart that cares as i close out this message this morning i want to remind you that god loves you with an everlasting love god's greatest desire is to have a relationship with you but you have a sin problem i have a sin problem and God recognized that sin problem by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. Very similar to that right there. He died on the cross, and He paid the price for your sins. But He didn't stay on that cross. He rose again. Three days later, He rose again. And I want you to know, He's very much alive today. And your decision of what will you do with Jesus affects your entire eternity. So I ask you this morning the question, Are you at peace with God? Those who are watching online, are you at peace with God? And if you're you're watching it online and you would like to make peace with God today, here's how you do it. You just call out to Him. Can we just do that together? Just say, God, I need you. I recognize the message of the good news. My sin problem. God sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay pay the price for my sins that I'm choosing. I am choosing today to invite the Lord of the universe to come live inside of me, to forgive me, and to change me from the inside out. I ask for your peace, oh God. I need you. I choose today to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 The Bible says when we pray that prayer, for anybody who's prayed that prayer online, will you just put a comment in, in, your, in your Facebook feed in that comment section today? But the, but the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices. Can we please rejoice with heaven today for his salvation? This is the main thing, life change. And if you have prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you, there's a book that we have, just a short book that gives some instructions on where to go from here. And we have some really awesome people back there at the guest center who would gladly give you this book and help you and give you those next steps. I'm so excited for what God is doing. I'm so excited about his good news. It changes everything, amen, amen. It changes everything. Hey, this is Sheldon Miles here, pastor at Thrive Church, and I want to thank you for watching this video. And if it impacted you in any way, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, become a part of the Thrive Church family by subscribing and following us. Make sure to join us on our Facebook page every Sunday. Second thing is share. Share with your friends, coworkers, and the people around you. The final thing, consider partnering with us financially. If this ministry is impacting you, I would ask you to pray about what you can give to help us take this message to the entire 715. And as always, we want you to know that you are welcome, accepted, and loved here at Thrive Church. And remember, you were created to thrive. We'll see you next week.